Welcome to Rethink Retirement. It's the Next Up podcast, and we're here to show you how you can use your skills and experience as you move into retirement, or unretirement, as we like to call it. I'm Victoria Tomlinson. And I'm Trevor Hatton. And in each episode, we invite a guest to share their story of leaving a traditional working life and starting a new life. Uh, and I know what a challenging time this can be. So we hope that this will help you with ideas and perhaps inspire you if things are harder at the moment than you expected. And today, we're delighted to welcome Dr. Julie Wilson. Julie, you've had a really interesting career focused on leadership skills, working a lot with universities and helping startups. And now you've started a wonderful business with a social purpose. And I know you're doing all sorts of other things as well. So hi, Julie. Hello. So Julie, can you just tell us a bit about your story and, and how you got to where you are now? Um, yeah, so I started as a teacher and I was teaching business and IT. I was the second cohort of teacher training students to do a course that had IT in the title. It was the, literally the second cohort. So that dates me beautifully. And um, so I, I started teaching as a business and IT teacher, moved into uh, vocational qualifications. And then um, I got opportunities to go out and play with grown-ups, and that was great. <laughs> and nobody was telling me what to do by half past eight in the morning. And then everybody sat in a room, they all took their own coats off and you didn't have to write them. <laughs> So that was very cool. Um, and from uh, playing with grown-ups, I then moved into consultancy and ran my own business consultancy, which was amazing. And that took me all over the world and gave me some more brilliant, brilliant experiences. So it's been varied. Um, I also went off and did a master's, fell in love with academia, went to do a PhD, and so was a kind of quasi-academic come business consultant, sort of like straddling both sides of that divide, which was also great fun because I got I got all the fun jobs to do that the university didn't really have the time or the manpower to do. So they would send me their really interesting clients that they couldn't um, they couldn't really have the capacity to deal with. So it was it was lots of fun. It was great. And so you got to the stage where you were perhaps winding down, Julie, would that be fair to say? And then tell us what happened then. Yes, so we had lost 15 members of friends and family who had passed away in about an 18 month period of time. It was really gruesome. And one of the messages that was coming from um, a number of different quarters, but it all came, the messages all came at the same time was you don't know how long you've got and you need to maximize the time that you do have with the people that you love. And um, my husband was becoming semi-retired as well. And so the plan was that we would buy a, um, we'd buy a minibus. We turned it into a camper van. I would do my consultancy work part-time as we trundled around Europe. Um, and that's what we did. And it was great. I was working a couple of days a week. We were going to beautiful places. I had the best office in the world. So we, <laughs> we trundled past uh, Zaragoza in, uh, in, northern, um, in northern Spain, just at the foothills of uh, um, the Pyrenees. And that was where we parked up one day while I just finished off the bit of work that I needed to do. So it was, it was brilliant and it was all very fantastic. Oh, God, it was great. It was absolutely brilliant, you know, and it was like, if you know, this is why people retire early. Yeah, this is why they do this. So I was very content. And then what happened? 
And then very sadly, my mother-in-law passed away and my daughter Vicky and I ended up doing the paperwork around end of life admin. And neither of us had ever been involved in that task before. And we both just assumed that this would be a kind of 20 minute, make a few cone calls, and that would be that task. And so a collective 10 hours later, so five of us side by side in her kitchen, rifling through, I mean, literally the only thing that my mother-in-law had thrown away in 53 years in that house were food packets nothing else had gone right so it was full of paperwork oh, and so we were we were trying to close accounts down and this was a lady with one bank account she lived in social housing she had no internet presence at all and it took months it took months to do it mm -hmm. and i came out of that that whole process thinking oh my goodness this has got to be easier vicky came out of that process absolutely furious completely incensed that in a digital age nothing was tied up there were no standards nobody did things the same every company asked for the same information but in a different way oh man she was incandescent with rage about it and um so she organized that she was going to take a sabbatical and Vicky was going to start a business and solve the problem in 12 weeks. And <laughs> we had, uh, we'd met up in Sheffield because she was based in London at the time. We'd met up in Sheffield as the equidistant point. And as she was leaving and I was, I was waiting for my train, she was, she was on hers and she rang me and said, come on, mom, come on, we can do this. If we do this together, we can really make a difference. And I defy any parent <laughs> that clarion call <laughs> and to say do you know what pet i don't think i'll bother <laughs> it was like okay like what do you do i rang my husband and he was like but what about our retirement what about our travel and it was like yeah i know i'm really sorry that, that's a, an amazing story mm -hmm. and you know people always sort of say what a roller coaster but you know that really does sound like yeah. um a, quite a journey and, and i just wanted to ask you you know how did you cope? I mean, did you did you need help? Did you just crack on? You know, what was how did you feel as you were going through all of that change? So uh, it was it was like the whole uh, famine to feast, right? So it was going from zero to 100 miles an hour straight away. And also because um, that's about partly about Vicky's personality in that she doesn't uh, she doesn't do very well with no and she doesn't do very well with slow. So <laughs> everything, everything moved at quite a pace. And um, I think it was okay. We were doing it, we were doing it together. And she was, she's, she had a pretty clear vision. And my role right from the start really was, you know, I've set up a business before, I've mentored other businesses, I've lectured in social enterprise, I've researched in the, the tech startup environment. So I um, I had been in that space a bit longer. And that meant that things took longer than she expected. And I could say to her, that's okay, that's okay. Um, so in some ways, I did the deep breathing for both of us. And that could be quite tiring. Um, it took a lot of hours, it took a lot of time, there was just a lot of pace about it all. Um, and what was wonderful is because of Vicky's connections, because she's really well connected in the kind of corporate digital space, she found the experts that we needed around us. It took a few months, but if you think we, we incorporated the business on 
February the 14th, 2020. And by June of that year, we had got our first funding. We had got a CTO. We had got a, a small bunch of part-time people around us who were working for very little, if anything, and who were helping us build. So if it, it was like being in a motorized hamster roller. You've no control over the pace. You're just really, really hoping that your legs don't give out because this thing is spinning and you've just got to try and not fall out of it. And that's how it felt. That's how it felt. But it was great. Actually, Julie, do you just want to say what, what the business is? We haven't even given this name yet. Um, and, and what do you do? I think we're sort of guessing at it, but um okay, right. So the business is called Settled. Um, although we originally incorporated under the name of Kind Call Limited. And the reason that we chose that name was that the, the business takes end of life admin out of the bereaved. So what we do is we automate notifications and we collect all of the information about the accounts for somebody who's passed away in one place. And then we tell all of the organizations that they had a relationship with that that person has passed away and help the accounts either close or move into somebody else's name and transition. But that whole process is automated and it's supported by a brilliant customer service team. We've got a team of three absolutely fabulous people who really support that and support anybody who comes to us um, by non-digital means. And then um, that then allows us to work with service providers, to work with probate professionals. But the key, really, really important thing for us is that this is free our social purpose in this sense is that no member of the public will ever have to pay to say my grandma died that's just not happening not on our, not on our watch and not within settled purview so um we do that and we can do that because by working with service providers and project professionals that means that they effectively subsidize the general public's access to our service brilliant you know what i'm thinking as you're talking julie the thing that I think is great about my generation, your generation, our generation, whatever we want to call us, is you've got so much experience behind you. Now, I know from what you're saying that Vicky's got huge corporate experience, which is great. But we've recently, last year, we got, um, as COVID hit, we got the experienced generation, let's call them that, unretired people to mentor uh, tech, particularly entrepreneurs, and what they were able to do as the world felt like it felt like Armageddon and they sort of felt like um, they couldn't see a way forward. Now, I'm not suggesting that Vicky's seeing that at all. She's got she's very fast forward. But in many ways, I think what you're talking about is bringing that experience. I think you talked about the deep breathing for both of us. And you did say it was exhausting. But in many ways, you can sort of you've been there, done a lot of this and can share. Would, would you agree with that, um, with what I'm saying here or not? I, I would. And also, so in order for Settle to work, we've had to make relationships in some of the slowest moving sectors um, of industry in the UK. So that's the legal profession, banking professions, um, finance professions. And lots of lots of organisations have welcomed us with open arms, have been incredibly pleased that we were in their space and delighted that we were going to do this service because they could see um, the advantages to themselves of, of us being able to support their business model as well. Um, but other things have taken longer. And I think that if you're, you know, the organisation that Vicky worked for was very fast paced. And so because it had multinational resources behind it, 
and Vicky was tasked within that organization to make change, then she was always pushing at an open door. We found quite a lot of doors where they were quite sticky and people didn't necessarily want us to push terribly hard. And so I think one of the things that I've done for Vic most is to be able to say, this was never, this was never going to happen that quickly. This was never going to be a 12 week solution. Okay. It will work. It has legs. It's going to go. It's going to be great. And people can see and will see in the future that this is going to work. It's just going to take time. And it's that sense of I've been on the planet longer than you have. I've seen more. It's okay. And if you want to come and shout and scream and tell me how frustrated you are, by all means do that. But it's okay it's it's okay and thus far it has been more than okay thus far you know it is growing and you know my proud parent moment i was in lisbon last week as vicky went to the biggest tech event on the planet and was on center stage telling a, a room with a twenty thousand person capacity about what we started not even two years ago seriously i kind of like you know your, your heart can't get any bigger you can't burst with pride anymore really so to be there to be the person holding the shoes and like you know, <laughs> sitting backstage waiting for it to come back off it was yeah, super cool uh, more than more than holding the shoes julie <laughs> well <laughs> um at that time actually what vicky just needed was someone to hold the shoes <laughs> now, um I, from talking to you earlier, your role, your personally is in settled is is changing. Uh, yes. And I wondered kind of what's next? What's next for Dr. Julie Wilson? Ah, right. So, um, well, I, I get to see the nice bits now. So um, I do content writing. So I'm writing articles for the website. I'm um, we don't have a, a kind of a daily blog yet, but when the blog gets up and running, then I will support that as well. So I get to do the nice creative bits. I'm there in case there are any um, any little issues that just need an extra pair of hands so I can jump in. And then the promise is that when it is safe to do so, um, I will do all of that from the best office on the world as it trundles back around Europe. That's the promise. So that's the deal with my incredibly patient husband is that we will go back to that um, as soon as uh, you know, world events and pandemics and stuff allow for that to happen. And then, yeah, I um, carry on writing because I, I do quite a lot creatively and uh, I'll never manage to, I, I don't want to ever completely step away from Settled. It's, uh, it's now got the most amazing team of wonderful people and they are, you know, they do feel, lots of them have stuck with us through thick and thin and they, we've all been there and held our breaths and hoped for the best and, and like congratulated each other and um, it's a great little family. So I don't want ever to step away from that or to stop supporting Vicky in this. And I do also want to kind of reclaim my unretirement and maybe do a few more leisure activities with it. You know what I'm liking about this? Uh, Trevor and I have had quite a lot of discussions because we're helping people coming up to retirement. And one of the sessions that we do is talking about finding purpose in unretirement. Because until, for most people, when you've been younger, you, your purpose has been in getting up in the morning and going to work, paying the mortgage, uh, supporting your clients or whatever it might be. And when you suddenly take that away, I don't know whether I'm not sure if you found a lack of purpose, but this definitely gives you purpose in spades. 
what what are your views on the finding purpose bit? And do you feel that you you've got a cause here, a purpose? I I think that's incredibly important. When I was contemplating slowing down and doing more traveling, actually I, I did struggle. I did struggle with that because with task comes purpose. And if you're task oriented, and I have always been task oriented, you never have to question your purpose because it's always just laid out there for you. Oh, interesting, yes. Um, so I did struggle with the thought of that. Um, I have a really lovely security blanket in working with Settled in that I will always have purpose because there is always something that I can be useful with or a conversation I can help with or just something else I can tinker on with that's, you know, and I love writing the content for the website. So, um, but I do, I, I completely understand and I have a number of friends who have contemplated and then stepped away from the idea of slowing down or stopping precisely because of the vacuum yeah. in meaning that not working provides. And it is scary, you know, we do, we do. Our, our key part of our, our identity is what value we give back to the world. And if we feel that we are going to have little or no economic value, that means you have to find your value from something else. And that can be quite tough to find. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I get that. We, we see, as, as Victoria said, we, we see this very often. Mm. We talk about it a lot. It's tough it, it, because it's so personal um, to put it into words for other people. It, it's one of those things you kind of know it when you see it. Um, but when you're trying to work it out for yourself, it, it just seems like some words. Um, so I think your insight is, is really, really helpful. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, it, just looking back, um, you know, the journey, we, I said it was a roller coaster, you know, you, you're getting all these things coming at you all the time um do you think you'd have done anything differently if you if you had your time over again or, or is there anything just by way of a insight or a takeaway that that you would have done differently i think that for me personally starting out with Vicky at the beginning it had to be what it had to be and it had to be the number of hours and the pace it was at and, and that was what it needed because it had to get started but I think that if you've got someone who's considering working with startups, I was not very good at parameters. And if I had set clearer boundaries for both of us, actually, because I think it was difficult for Vicky as well, because um, me slowing down, I wasn't quite sure what that looked like. And so Vicky wasn't quite sure what that looked like. And she was always keen to support whatever I wanted to do, but it took me a while to work out what that model looked like and what that new role looked like. Whereas if we had started that process and said, okay, we're gonna give this a year, 18 months, and then we're gonna give you an exit if you want one. And what would you like to do and how can we, so if we'd done that bit of planning, if we'd done that thinking and that planning beforehand, um, I think it would have been a lot easier on both of us so um that that would be the only thing that i did differently um i think yeah and that's not to say that i regret any of it i just think that would have been easier for vicky um because you know she's not just dealing with a colleague she's also dealing with her mum and so she, we both needed to take care of that relationship as well as take care of the business and uh, that's not an easy balance to to find either yeah 
Actually, that's a really good point. I thinking back now over the years, the people that I've worked with, a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm helping my son or I'm helping my daughter set up a business. And actually, I think that's words of wisdom there about thinking about the relationship and also the parameters. Um, I've, I've not thought about that or come across that before, Julie. So I'm sure that's really helpful because at this time of life, as you say, you can't resist uh, the call, the clarion call, I think you said, for your children. Uh, Mum, will you help? But actually, it's got to work for both of you um, in that. It has, and I underestimated. I kind of assumed that, you know, I kind of assumed that I would just be able to do what I had done 20 years ago and carry on regardless at a, at a sort of 30-year-old's pace. And um, it took a toll. <laughs> it took a toll. <laughs> Pulling all nighters, you know, pulling all nighters in your thirties means you're a bit tired the other day. But a couple of next case, but a couple of cups of coffee sorts it out. Pulling an all nighter um, <laughs> later on actually means that you're completely wiped the next day, and the, the following day after that, you're not entirely sure whether you shouldn't be horizontal as well. So there is, <laughs> there is, there's a, you know, there are, you know, and I'm female, and there's the whole kind of like change of life stuff going through as well. So you know, I think if if I was going to give any advice to, to anyone, and I'm always reluctant to do that, but it would be spend some time and create for yourself the parameters, the boundaries and the exit process that says this is the physical reality of where I am at now. This is my physical brain. This is my physical being. This is what it can and can't cope with. And that's that's what I'm prepared to give you. And I'll give it to you 100 percent every day for the rest of my life. But that's what you get because actually that would have been much easier for Vicky and um, it would have been easier for me in the long run as well. Um, so, uh, but that's the only, that's the only thing I would change. And that's because I wanted to run like a 30 year old. Yeah. <laughs> don't, we all, don't we all, Julie? That's absolutely fantastic. Um, we wish you settled Vicky and everybody involved with it. It's a great thing you're doing here. I'm sure everybody listening will know somebody who's been through what you're talking about and how you're trying to change the world and gosh is it needed we wish you well and thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. yes thank you thank you so much i've loved it and before and before we go um, I, I plead to anyone who's listening and the first one is that if you do know somebody who is going through this experience please please tell them to reach, reach out to us yeah. and to find us and i know that you'll give people the contact details for that but also we want ambassadors we want people who will come and volunteer with us a help spread the word but also when you're doing those end of life admin and if you've lost someone that you're very close to your brain does go to mush and mm -hmm. Having somebody who is au fait with the system, who knows which bit of paperwork to look for, who could help um, get all that paperwork in one place. If we could have ambassadors around the UK who would work with us to support other people who've been bereaved, then that would be fantastic. And it's it's one of our next steps that we want to do. So if you do have anyone who's interested, please tell them to get in touch. We will, Julie. And thank you so much. We wish you every success. Thank, thank you. you. Thank That's you been great. Much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Well, purpose. You and I keep going around the houses on how do we help people? I still want to have, you know, I, I like my checklist. I like my processes that you go through this process and then you're going to find it. And it just isn't like that. Yeah. But how, and it was really good hearing Julie talking about 
friends not giving up work because they suddenly realize actually what what did she call it i think she said the emptiness yeah um of life without it yeah what were your thoughts about her talking about purpose? I, I thought i thought um purpose is 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 difficult isn't it um because you find it for yourself you know i i think i said you know it when you see it kind of thing yeah. and, and and that's difficult to Put into words for other people but crikey uh, you know if you wanted to hear from someone who really found purpose in life yeah not, not completely by accident but you know the, between the two of them they invented a, a purposeful business mm. or a horrible experience that everybody at some point yeah. in their life will go through it was inspiring absolutely inspiring actually as you say that i have found i think you feel the same purpose in spades in this business oh in yes terms of most people will go through some kind of an ouch moment I mean, that's not the right word actually ouch is, doesn't sound right but an uh i don't know what the word is actually but anyway some kind of semi-traumatic when they retire i just don't understand why people don't talk about this more actually if i'm honest uh, and Judy was alluding to it there about the dream wasn't quite what she thought when she starts traveling around. Yes, it is. How, how gorgeous is that? Having a what was it, a double decker bus or something or a mobile camper van, camper, camper, camper van um, as your desk, which is brilliant. But you do need the purpose. You can still do the camper van, but then you've got purpose with it. Yeah, she, she's going back to the camper van, so it can't have been that. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking, no, 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 she did say she's going back there. Yes. Um, but yeah, it clearly, you know, when the opportunity came, she realised it wasn't enough. Yes, I love that bit about the clarion call from your child. How okay. how could anyone? And we'd all we'd all recognise well, that. Yeah. Well, she's right. She's right on that too. Yeah, um, but I really like that bit about having the parameters. I'm I'm not convinced. I'd like to get her to do a blog around this with how you set that because I don't think you necessarily know the parameters until you've been through it and think I should have set the parameters. But I guess that's where being a mentor or yeah. what you described as an ambassador, you know, is an opportunity to, you know, explain that to, to help people understand what they might be going through. I always feel a bit ambivalent about planning because there's an assumption that you know everything that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Of course you don't, you don't, yeah. but, but you know, her experience, as a as a mentor or or as an ambassador it would be really valuable so yeah i'm, I'm getting her to write that down will be gold mm. dust mm. yes right well if you have been as inspired as we have um please do listen to our other podcasts uh everybody is sharing nuggets for this stage of life going through leaving full-time corporate life whatever that looked like moving into and retirement where you still want to do things but not sure what or how there are lots of stories of journeys of how other people have done that and loads of tips on our website as well insights stories other people's stories so do do have a look they hopefully if you or you know somebody's going through this stage it'll help you yes next hyphen up.com do not forget the hyphen and uh, we'll see you next time with another fascinating guest.